The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. Today's episode is brought to you by Kara's lackluster editing skill and Onward, Upward, and Inward with Soothsayer Beth. If you're the type of person who's into tarot, I recommend you go check out her page and give her a try. Hello and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am, of course, Kara Fernstrom. I am here with Sean Moreau of the Morbid Forest Podcast. How are you today, Sean? I'm good, good. How are you doing? Pretty fantastic and excited to have you on. So. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> Oh, goodness. Sorry about that, guys. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to start out a little bit uh, talking about, you know, where where did you, you know, come from? You told me a little bit of your story, and I don't want to tell it for you. So can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about, you know, what led you to this uh, to the show today? Oh, okay. Um, well, we had talked before uh, through messages on Instagram and whatever. And after listening to, um, to some of the episodes and, and through conversations that we had, uh, we came out that, I mean, if it's not okay to say that we both had issues with drugs in the mm-hmm. past yeah. and I was really, um, I never really publicly told like my, uh, you know, what I went through with that. And mm-hmm. I was actually kind of interested in just kind of like, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of get it out. You know what I mean? Not that, I mean, it wasn't a big secret. But I haven't like said it in a public forum, like ex- like told like mm-hmm. what I went through, you know that kind of thing. So, and I figured that it'd be interesting to have that conversation. You know what I mean? And I figured it also kind of somewhat fit to the show because you know, <laughs> I mean, like it's 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 like <laughs> words escape me at the moment. Uh, it, it's just like it's it's definitely was a source of bliss or happiness for me because I was able to overcome it. Mm-hmm. So it definitely helped me figure out who I was and get a better sense of myself and get a better, be in a better place, like self-esteem wise and, and in a much better headspace, you know, having overcame, you know, that, that stuff. So that was mainly why I wanted to come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and I was just asking because I didn't want to out you before you outed yourself. And so I oh, totally, no, no, that's cool. That's totally, cool. Uh, totally get it. And yeah, I was interested um, in your story because not only is it, you know, a huge sense of relief and catharsis to finally move past those places in our lives. But on top of that, it can be helpful for other people because a lot of people don't realize what addiction looks like. And and on the other side of it, too, a lot of people don't realize what recovery can look like. And then it doesn't have mm-hmm. to mean abstinence and AA meetings every single day for the rest of your life. Yes. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about the before times before things got good? So people have a picture of, of kind of what that looked like for you like what's oh when i started using yeah yeah. <laughs> like, yeah 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 okay yeah yeah okay i can do that um <clears throat> your editor's gonna hate me <laughs> all right um yeah and, and the weird the really weird part about it is like and i'm a i'm a uh so you know i don't hide the fact that i still smoke weed and and the really weird thing is that i kind of did things in the reverse Okay. I didn't start smoking weed until I got done with the hard drugs. Usually it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of like, you know, like I didn't say like, usually weed is a gateway drug to me. Gateway to me. Weed was my exit ramp <laughs> off that, which is, you know, not the way it's usually done. So it was kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> it basically started in high school. You know, I would, I would drink 
uh, you know, beers at, at parties and stuff like that, like you do. You know, it was the 90s. That's what people did. <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't have internet and, and stuff like fully like we do now. So we hung out in parking lots and drank and smoked cigarettes and shit like that. And then I remember, um, I think I want to say senior in high school, I went to a party and this girl had Coke and we all did it. And um, I remember like feeling like super out of control and I really didn't like the feeling of it. And, mm -hmm. and I never did Coke, even when I was heavy using and stuff like that. I Coke was one thing I never went back to because I just didn't like the out of control feeling like, mm -hmm. you know, like. Like, I felt like I drank, like, 100 energy drinks. You know what I mean? And it was just, like, I didn't like that. that mm -hmm, thing, vaguely you know? panicky. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, I didn't, want, I didn't feel like being, like, the Tasmanian devil. You know? Like, just in a tornado, like, spinning around, you know? I just didn't mm -hmm. like that feeling. So I never did it again. Uh, so, long story short, it, you know, I did shrooms and acid. And I, I was kind of okay with that. I was at a point where I was managing that, where I wasn't doing it all the time. I would do it at parties or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started dating this girl. And she said, have you ever did heroin? And I said, no. And I was like, I mean, I'll try it, whatever. So uh, she shot me up the first time and then shot herself up. And I mean, as cliche as to say, after that, boom, I was done. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I was completely hooked. I, 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 uh, I, I quit my job. Um, you know, I was using, a, oh my God, like a lot. I think I, I think I was clinically dead twice. Oh man. Yep. And, uh, I remember going home from the hospital after having to be paddled back to life and, and just cooking up another shot and doing it. You know, like I, I just, I think at that point I just didn't care. You know, mm -hmm. it was just like, I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about the, the girl I was with. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to get high. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Like I wanted that rush. I wanted my fix. You know what I mean? And, and what forth. Um, so, and it, you know, and sadly, a lot of the cliche things people say about addiction is actually true. Um, you know, like I stole from family and friends um, I've, you know, I held up stores to get money. You know, I did a lot of shit that I, you know, I'm not proud of, mm -hmm. but I mean, it happened. You know what I mean? It, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I, um, uh, I've been addicted as well. So I definitely relate to, I mean, I, I was thankful that I had resources that I didn't end up resorting to those things, but I know mm -hmm. in a, in a different yeah. world that I definitely would have. Yeah. Um, so I guess my next question is, you know, things are things are deep. You're 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 in it. Mm -hmm. You're beyond what you would like to be. What oh, yeah. what's next? Like, what's that defining moment that shook you out of it enough to take steps to get out of it? Um, it was actually my mother, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, she 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 has passed. She passed away in 2003. Oh, I'm no, thank you. But like we were, we were super close and I found myself at a point where I was actually justifying stealing money out of her purse. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I was like, and I did that look in the mirror and I was like, you know, who am I? Like, what the, f you know, what the fuck am I doing? You know? 
And um, my cousin Joey had went through it a year before. So I called him and I told him and him and I were really close. It was my mother's sister's kid. And he had went through it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went through heroin and cocaine and stuff like that. And he got himself clean. So I ended up calling him and he ended up paying for my rehab. And oh, um, that's so he sweet. took me in and, and never told my mother. And I remember uh, jumping ahead a little bit. I mean, I'll go back to the other shit, but jumping ahead a little bit. I remember the one of the last things she said, um, my mother had diabetes and she had diabetic retinopathy. Okay. So her system was basically slowly poisoning itself. Yeah. So she was sick for the longest time and she knew she was dying. So we, we had one of those nights where we just sat down and got out everything we've ever wanted to say. Oh, yeah. And she knew the whole time. Yeah. And she never told me that. She <laughs> and I kind of figured it. I'm like, <laughs> I kind of figured, you know, I mean, you know, and, uh, but I mean, I went to rehab and I, I checked myself into a place, um, up in Massachusetts. I don't remember the name of the place. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, I did my time there. I got myself clean and I've been, I mean, if you don't count weed, which I don't, uh you know i've been clean uh and sober for going on 10 years now well congratulations thank you and to you as well because i know it's not it's not easy you know yeah and and before we move on um about Mm -hmm. your story a little bit more i want to talk just a little bit more about what you just said because i think that it's really important you know you said if you don't count weed and i don't i think that Mm -hmm. there's um there's a shocking amount of gatekeeping around sobriety oh just well, like I got, yeah, yeah. I'll t- I got a story about that one, yeah. Okay, let's hear it. Let's yeah. hear it. Let's hear All the right. story. Well, I joined a Facebook group. This is gonna. I mean, this is. I mean, it's Facebook, so you know that. How, you know how that goes. But mm-hmm. I had joined a Facebook group, a clean and sober Facebook group, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the people I, I, one of the girls I met on there, we became friends with, and I ended up giving my Instagram uh, to plug the podcast. Cause she was really in a podcast too. So I said, Oh, you, and she liked horror. So I was like, Oh, you might like my show, you know, the mm-hmm. show that I do with Naomi. And I sent her the link and uh, she got much through, through the link. She got my Instagram and my Instagram name is Samurai Stoner. So, mm-hmm. and I put up weed memes and stuff like that. So she sent me this message. She's going, you're a liar. I said, I'm, I'm a what now? Squeeze me. You know, like want to run that by me again. Yeah. She said, you're not clean. I said, how do you figure? She said, well, you smoke weed, so you can't be clean. Uh, I said, oh, okay, okay. So that's how it is. All right. Yeah. And, and sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just, I was just going to laugh at her, her, her ignorance of the whole thing, but I just found it kind of, I laughed it off, but I was like, okay, well, whatever. And I ended up getting uh, kicked out of the group because of it. Because apparently you can't be clean if you smoke weed. Well, and that's something that I've come across a lot, a lot. Um, Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've had lots of people come on saying that, like, you know, like, or message me wanting to come on saying they want to talk about addiction. And before that Mm -hmm. ever comes up, I'm like, you should understand that while I've been clean from cocaine and crack for 13, 13 years, Mm -hmm. I can try to do math. Congratulations. Um, But thank you. But while I've been clean from that for that long, I do not believe that abstinence is the only way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there is plenty of people like, like, I look at drugs as a tool. But anyways, mm-hmm. back to the gatekeeping thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't consider weed a drug. I well, don't. And and because... people bounce all over the place with with whether or not mm-hmm. weed is a drug, but whether it's weed 
or people shaming people for taking pain medications because they're in mm. pain or mm -hmm. people shaming people for having a drink at a wedding and saying, oh, it's it's. Yeah, I just think yeah. that it's really, really damaging to pretend there's too much. There's too much tearing down in a community where everybody should be lifting each other up. Well, the big like, thing, though, the, the the big thing that I'm 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 getting at here is just mm -hmm. that when when we do that, <clears throat> oftentimes people will go, you know what, you're right, fuck it, and throw mm -hmm. their progress away, and that's and that's really damaging. They're like, oh, I yeah. had one drink, even though I was say a heroin or a crack addict, yeah. mm -hmm. I've had one drink, I may as well go back to crack. You know, people mm -hmm. don't realize that when they draw that line in the sand and tell yeah. someone that you have to be perfect or you're not part of the club, that mm. really all they're doing is preventing people from ever getting into the club. Yeah, that's super not helpful, <laughs> like at all, you know? But like, I knew enough to the point where I knew my limits with it. Like, I smoke weed because I choose to. If I stop smoking weed tomorrow, I'm not going to try to rob a store or suck a dick or, you mm -hmm. know, or anything you know, immoral or illegal or whatever for weed. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I don't believe weed is addictive because I choose to do it because to me, it's no different than having a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever. And I mean, that's just the way I look at it. And, and like you said, not everybody thinks the same way and that's fine. But to gatekeep like that is just kind of bullshit. Well, yeah. Cause like even further to your point about coffee and stuff, um, I would remind people <laughs> that, you know, how drugs work in our bodies, they go in and they tell our brains what chemicals to play and when, they tell mm -hmm. our systems how to react to different stimuli and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it's worth noting that music famously does the same thing. Coffee famously yeah, does the true, same yeah. thing. You know, yeah. you don't even have to intake a substance to have an outside stimulant changing mm -hmm. the way that our bodies work now that doesn't mean exactly. that there's not potential for abuse yeah. but that potential for abuse does not make it bad in the same way that you can build a house with a hammer or you can hurt someone with a hammer exactly you can you know you can do a lot of constructive stuff using different drugs mm -hmm. or you can destroy a whole life but mm -hmm. <laughs> going back to your story sorry i yeah, just, yeah. I just no, 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 it's so cool. important because people People choose not to better their lives because everybody's turning it into a mountain, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, but I did want to ask, so can you tell us just a little bit about the structure of the rehab? Was it AA-based or...? Um, it was mainly... Um, I didn't have a problem with alcohol, so... I mean, I did have a problem with alcohol, but her, my heroin was the main thing mm -hmm. that was my main... Uh, main addiction or main vice or whatever yeah, you know drug of choice yeah 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 pretty much like that was you know i was mr heroin at that point you know um yeah and i think i went to uh rehab specifically for that but then um they asked you questions and, and stuff like that and then during the time i would i was using i would also go to the bar in a span of a few hours and spend 100 and change on drinks just mm -hmm. for myself yeah. So I was like, you know what? Like I have a problem with this too. So the rehab I went to, they had NA groups and AA groups. Oh, okay. But so it was went... 12 step based. Yeah. 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 It was 12 steps. I made amends and the whole nine yards for that. Okay. Um, and I did, I, I made amends to friends and family that I stole money from. And um, I actually contacted the owner of the store that I held up and oh. he actually remembered me. I went in there. 
And I told him, and he actually gave me a hug, and it was really mm. cool. We're still actually friends to this day. He's That's a cool fantastic. dude. Fantastic. I mean, this is—I was living in New York at the time, so he was—he—he—he he, he owned, he owned a convenience store in New York, and he said, "You're one of the only people that has ever come in and like apologized for for, you know, stuff like that." Um, I actually have kind of a semi-heartwarming story about about my addiction, though. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah, it involves uh, Stanley. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, when I went to rehab, my girlfriend at the time, who, not the girl that got me to use, but another girl that I was dating, and then she would she helped me through my rehab, too. Like, she would visit and, like, bring me, like, like Burger King, and when I was when I was allowed to have outside food and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she would she would bring me because I was like I'm like a huge pizza, like slut. So <laughs> she she would bring me like pizza from my like favorite places and stuff like that. Like when she could, because they had um, uh, what they call reward systems. Okay, yeah. Like if you had so many days good without, without you know having issues or 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 generally having problems that weren't that were uh, that were in your control, you know, mm-hmm. or going so many days and stuff like that. You get rewards, so I would mm-hmm. get like she would bring me like pizza and shit like that. So anyway, uh, I was supposed to go to uh, New York City Comic Con that year, mm-hmm. and I couldn't because I was in rehab. Hmm. And uh, she wrote an email to Stan Lee, saying uh, telling him the whole story and that. And I got an email back from him two weeks later, <laughs> saying. Uh, he sent me this, and I mean, I assume he sent it himself. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that he did. I still have it. It's actually framed in my office. Oh. Um, he sent me the email. He said, uh, true hero's power comes from within. You got this, right? Oh. So, postscript to that story, um, at, uh, like maybe a year or so later, I'm, I'm, I had just hit a year clean. Nice. And I went to the next New York Comic Con, and he was there. And I told him the story that I was the one that my girlfriend was the one that emailed him, and he emailed me back. And just to show you the kind of person that Stan Lee was, he got up from all the people that were there waiting, got around the table, gave me a hug, and said, I knew you had the power in you all along. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, what I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, like, so when he, when he died, it hit me harder because... Like, he didn't have, like, he didn't know me from a can of paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that he remembered after, you know, after all that time, you know, a couple years or whatever, it was just, it was cool. It was definitely one of the best, like, I think one of the best experiences in my life. And I said, you know what? Like, if I didn't make this shit clean, I wouldn't have had that experience. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have had that story to tell. You know what I mean? So. I love that. Oh man, yeah. I almost cried a little, but that's that's part for the course. So, um. yeah. but but I'm just saying that's you know not not to get tough, but that shows you what an amazing person he really was. He was probably one of the best people I think I've ever known or known of or like served your eyes or whatever. He was just a good dude. That's that's so cool. Um, that is really cool. And I'm I'm not even really a comic book person. No, um, but I'm, I just, I'm a huge power geek, so that I was just like love stories that uh, that just show <laughs> humanity. Yeah, um, yeah. So the next question I had was actually so mm-hmm. a follow up about the um, the rehab and stuff. So okay. I mean, if you're anything like me, and and I would say that you're probably a little bit like me. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're anything bit. like me, there are things from rehab that 
you picked up that you didn't even necessarily realize you picked up and you find I find myself using tools from rehab that I didn't even necessarily use in rehab. Um, but things that I learned that help me not necessarily just with staying clean, because honestly, I feel like at, at a certain point, it doesn't it's not really hard anymore. Mm -hmm. um, for me, at least, but tools that help me just in my daily life. Um, are there any like that from rehab that really stick out where you're like, like your life is better because of that experience? Oh, sense? absolutely. I, all right. I, I was, when I was a kid, I was baptized as Roman Catholic. Okay. And, um, I didn't really have growing up as I got older. I didn't really, really wasn't too much into religion. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that helped me through rehab was Buddhism. Um, I started reading about it and doing meditation and stuff like that helped me get through when I was having a bad day or I was having like really bad withdrawal pains or whatever mm -hmm. um, meditation. And that really got me in a headspace where I could just be outside of my body while my body was trying to heal. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. And I, I think that's the one thing that I got besides being clean out of rehab was I became a Buddhist. Okay. And, and I've been a Buddhist ever since. And I was never a religious person. So it was just, it was just one of the things. We had a lot of people in there that when they, when they found God and that's, and I think that's awesome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I think I don't knock religion um, because I feel like if whatever religion you're into, Christian, Catholic, Buddhism, whatever, you know, even atheism, if, you know, if you're an atheist or whatever, if you're getting something out of that that's helping you be a better person, then that's the religion for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think there's one true right or wrong religion. I think it's whatever is working for you at the time. Yeah. I mean, we all want to go the same place when we, after we die. It's just that some of us take different roads to get there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And But I think that's, you know, and I'm, so I'm going on 10 years and I've actually been to... Uh, Buddhist temples in New York and stuff like that. And I've actually been to Plum Village in France and I've done uh, with like really high up Dalai Lama's uh, done retreats and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's changed my life like in rehab and beyond. Like I'm still, I'm still a practicing Buddhist and it's just done wonders for me. And I don't think if I wasn't in rehab, I don't think I would have found that. Mm hmm because that was my my tool that helped me when I needed to be outside my body when my body was attacking itself and I was just having a really bad day or you know like I was mm -hmm. going through withdrawals and cramps and you know and you know what I'm talking about um that let me escape you know what I mean and that's the one thing I never forgot so when I got out that was the first thing I did was go to a local temple and and fully become that so as i'm going on almost going on 11 years i've been a buddhist so that's one of the biggest things that i got out of that so besides you know being clean and shit so. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic and yeah i tend to agree is you know like i mean religious religion just just like drugs religion has the potential for harm but that doesn't mean that it's innately harmful um yeah so and i mean it took me quite a while to sort of come to grips with that i used to have some mm -hmm. real issues with 
with myself, really, that yeah. came out in anger toward Christians and stuff like that. Mm. And, and, um, but so a little bit more about the meditation before I move on to letting people know where they can find you. Um, oh, yeah, a little, okay. little bit no more about the meditation. I'm just mm-hmm. curious, what does your practice look like? Is it usually like sitting cross-legged? I know in, in rehab, like I totally relate, by the way, to the pain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I often use meditation as a way to cope with pain when I have the opportunity. Yeah. But yeah. now for you, what does your practice in meditation kind of look like? It, um, it's not, it's, and I know when you say Buddhist, most people think like cross-legged with robes on. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you can do that, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, I'll smoke a bowl or whatever, and I'll get myself in a nice, you know, quiet headspace. And I'll, I have a few podcasts that I listen to that do guided meditations and just talk about Buddhist principles and stuff like that. And I just put that on, throw my headphones on, smoke a little bit, and then I just, you know, I just go, you know, I just go wherever the meditation takes me. Yeah, you, know you just I mean? let yourself be. Yeah, but it's it's not only helped with my uh, being able to kick my addictions. Um, it's helped. I mean, I'm I'm full blown Italian, so I had an anger problem by genetics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Italian people are very angry. It's just the way it is. But like, like my anger issues got better. I was more patient with people. I was more patient with myself. I wasn't so hard on myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I feel like. I don't know. I don't want to make this sound like I'm knocking other religions, but I'm not. But Buddhism doesn't have guilt like some other religions do. Mm-hmm. I don't believe, and again, this is just my opinion. I don't believe anything that you put your faith in that should make you feel guilty. Fair enough. Like if you make a, if you do something that you're not proud of, whatever, you can find forgiveness in yourself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You don't need an outside force to forgive you. Because, like, the, the way I see it, the outside force didn't fuck up. You did. So you're the one that needs to make that better within yourself for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can do that for you. And I think that's why I gravitated towards Buddhism so much. Because out of all the religions, I found it to be the most self-reliant. Where it's like, you know, like, just being accepting of other people. Like, all right, like, if I said to you the sky is blue and you said the sky is green me getting upset with you at having a different opinion of what color the sky is isn't helpful to anybody Mm -hmm. like why should my opinion be changed or be damaged because you have a different opinion instead let me let me walk away from that conversation with the knowledge that other people see the same thing in a different way yeah. And not and not be a dick about it. You know what I mean? Like you said, don't gatekeep or don't. I mean, in this age of the internet, you post an opinion, people are like, oh, you're canceled or oh, you're stupid if you think this or or yeah. whatever. And that just that's so not helpful to anything. <laughs> it's not like like my grandfather had a had a saying, and it's something I still use today. He said, "What I eat don't make you shit." My opinions on things shouldn't affect you at all what i think shouldn't matter to you if i don't know you like if i post if i post <laughs> oh i thought blah 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 movie was good people are like oh fuck you the movie sucked you're an idiot and i'm like why does my opinion of something make you so fucking angry like it doesn't make any sense 
Yeah, and you I, know mean, what I mean, I do know what you mean. And I do agree that like Buddhism has a lot of, of great yeah. tools and techniques for dealing with that. But I will I just want to throw out there <laughs> yeah. that um, Christianity, when it is not being abused, actually has the same core message. Um, oh, Jesus's no, message was the same core message. Well, and I'm, I'm only saying that not for your benefit, because I believe no, no, you. No. But no, for the I, benefit I of people who listen, who might be Christian and are feeling a little bit mm -hmm. shamed right now, that's that's not all Christians. It's just there's oh, a no. tendency for that to happen. Um, there but before, are people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say before we move on to the game, if you want to let people know where they can find you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, you've had uh, Naomi on, and uh, her and I do the Morbid Forest uh, Morbid Forest podcast. Um, it's a horror fiction podcast, uh, and she. She undermines her role because she really works her ass off of that podcast. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for her. Like, she does a lot of things that I'm not very good at doing, like mm -hmm. keeping track of names and dates <laughs> and, <laughs> and things like that, which I'm sure you're aware because this is like what the third time we had to reschedule this because <laughs> <laughs> I have forgotten or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's called The Morbid Forest. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at samurai double underscore stoner and uh, links are there too. So that's where I am. That's where you can find the All show. All right. Yeah. And you will find the links to the Morbid Forest podcast in the show notes. Are you ready to play a super fun game? Oh, I'm always ready to play a super fun game. All right. So today we will be guessing what the meaning of Irish slang is. Oh, and shit. this is from IrelandBeforeYouDie.com. So hopefully nice. they are right. Uh, <laughs> all right so what does well, I it guess, mean? if not i guess we're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> um what does it mean to say that you are or that someone is acting the maggot like my first guess would be acting trashy <sighs> not quite it's fooling Ooh. around oh all right like so like a fool yeah like acting like a, right. like a fool okay. exactly okay. okay i was i went too literal with that one i thought maggot trash <laughs> or maybe you just really like slipknot i don't know you know, it's one of those things. Um, what does it mean to say that you... Oh, that's almost the exact same freaking meaning. Uh, <laughs> okay, what does Delira and Ixira mean? So apparently specifically to Dublin. Uh, say it again. Delira and Ixira. I want to say it's a type of cloth medicine, but that's probably not right. <laughs> um, maybe like some acting crazy? Like delirious? Does it have to be delirious? I would have thought that as well. So if that helps, but apparently it means delighted and excited. I I would never have guessed that in a million years. Yeah, me neither. Because that doesn't sound happy. Like that doesn't. Um. Okay. So what does it mean to say gaff? Oh, that's a mistake. I know that one. Uh, okay. it actually apparently means home. So technically, really? gaff means you're home alone. Oh shit! Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know these either. I just am lucky well, enough to I, not I've, have that. I've heard "gaff" as a mistake, but that was '90s slang that might have got changed. So that's why I thought it was that. But I'm doing really bad at this game. It's okay. Everyone does. <laughs> no, I, I'm, fair <laughs> what's a holy Joe? Donut. <laughs> it's a self-righteous or religion religious person. So someone who's very oh. pious. Oh, all right. That actually makes see the one time I'm not literal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna do two more. We're gonna do right. what is right. Jax? How is it spelled? J A C K S. 
It's not, and I'm all right. I know what I want to say it is, but that's probably not right. Um. Mm. Oh shit. Uh, I don't know. I'm the only thing I can think of is that that weird game with the rubber ball. Yeah. See, and again, same thing. I mean, Canada and US are a lot more similar, I think, than either mm-hmm. of us to Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it apparently right. means the washroom, like, or oh, you guys don't say washroom, toilet. Like, I'm off to the jacks. Oh, okay. Which I had no idea. I'm gonna. I'm um, totally gonna stop saying that now. And then we're going to end it with Nixer. N-I-X-E-R. Nixer. Nixer. I want to, I'm going to go with my first instinct to end something or have something end quick. It actually, and I'm shocked by this, a very interesting, an under the table job. So a job that oh, for okay. cash to avoid tax. My CD was coming. Huh? What happened to the CD? I haven't got it yet. I don't know. Well, check on it. Um, cut, that, cut that out, will you? <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. do you have anything you want to add before we uh, before we end the show and say goodbye to the audience? Uh, no, I, I thank you for having me on. It was really cool to, to be able to sit down and talk. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic to chat with you, too. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh. And to my audience, I love you. Bye. Bye.